Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. I absolutely enjoy bringing you this At The Mic podcast every week. And something else I absolutely enjoy is reading about history, specifically American history and the giants from our country's past. Like the great George Washington. Washington was the standard bearer for all future presidents and everything from his treatment of the office to the terms he served. And American Pride Roasters wanted the coffee that's named after Washington to represent that. It was the first APR coffee that they offered, so it had to set the precedent for future coffees. At APRCoffee.com, they use a Tanzanian coffee bean from a single origin to keep it unique. The qualifications for their Washington blend have never changed. Bold, but not bitter. Mellow, yet not soft. Sweet, but only an undertone. Versatile enough to be excellent in a $10 French press or a $10,000 espresso machine. I absolutely love the George Washington blend, and I hope you'll get over to aprcoffee.com and order it today. When you do, use offer code ATM at checkout. Stands for at the mic. Get you 10% off your order. That's aprcoffee.com. Offer code ATM at checkout. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Well, on this edition of At The Mic, I'm going to introduce you to someone who's very important, very special to me. It's my own mom, Sheila Sittler. Truly, she's an amazing woman. Uh, I love these fun facts from her life that I got to talk about with her in detail, like how she appeared in a major motion picture. She almost appeared on a game show. Great story with that. And she was a female umpire before that was really a thing. She's such a loving and kind person, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her today. She's my mom, Sheila Sittler, on this edition of At The Mic. Joined today by the one and only, my own mom. Here she is, Sheila Sittler. I I almost said, Sheila, how are you doing? But I guess I should probably say, (laughs) Mom, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing fine, and it's... I'm so privileged to get to come up here and do this at the mic with you, hon. Well, you're very kind. You're probably the first person I ever interviewed as well in my lifetime. (laughs) I've uh, wanted to be in radio since I was eight years old. Uh, I've talked about on previous episodes how I used to do a talk show. I think I was about middle school. Maybe, yeah, middle school, high school, and you are my audience of one. I, I would re- loved it. record the show <laughs> literally in my parents' basement, and it was uh, just me and doing different voices and, and all sorts of fun stuff. Down in my bedroom, I would record these shows, and you would so graciously listen to them. When, when there was good radio in Atlanta at the time that you could have been listening to, but you were so kind to help me out and <laughs> critique me along the way. So thank you so much. You're an awesome mom. You have an awesome story where you were born in Macon, Georgia. Correct. Um, You were adopted into a loving family. And there's so much more to the story than you were born, given up for adoption, and adopted into a loving home. Yes. Uh, The story behind that is that your mom really faced a lot of pressure 
to even have you to begin with, yep. she very well could have aborted you. Exactly. And she felt, she just knew under the circumstance that I was uh, established, I'll put it that way, um, that there was a family out there that needed me. And she was right. What really adds to this miracle that she chose life is the fact that you were the product of a, a rape. rape. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah, and yeah. that's that's one of those hypotheticals that you yeah. hear about where you are actually living proof. Yeah, and and so strong willed was Eddie, Eddie your yeah. birth mom, that that she carried through and made sure that you saw life. She had it. Her mindset that I was supposed to be with a family, and guess what? She was absolutely right. And My, how old was your birth mom when she... She was actually 21. 21. Yeah. Um, the reason why I know all the details about my biological mom is because I was very fortunate that my mom that raised me told me all of a sudden, just one day out of the blue, it's time for you to go, you know, try to find her. Mm. And I don't know why she said it because I wasn't ever asking for it. But I was like a reporter. Yeah. And I went to Family Children's Services, and I told the lady who I was, my name, blah, blah, and she had a file. They had to go back, and they got a file, mm. and they brought, and she sat down, she looked at me, and she goes, she told me the legal stuff she could tell me, you okay. know? And then she looked at me, and she goes, eh, if you find her, you'll know it, because y'all look just alike. <laughs> and you have no idea how yeah. close I wanted to grab that file oh. and run. But no, I didn't. I behaved myself but I had <laughs> so then mom and I went and played detective down in Macon yeah. and everything was a dead end but you know how I found her I went and put a little ad in the newspaper mm -hmm. and a reporter called me and when she called me she said I'd like to do an, an article on you and I went uh that little two or three lines was 20 bucks I can't afford that she goes no 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 this will be free and I went oh okay <laughs> so then she called every night for a week to ask, you know to interview me then she called it the last day on Friday, and she said, the editor wants your baby picture and a picture of how you look now. And I said, well, I don't really have a baby picture. Wow. And she goes, well, send your picture that you do, the youngest, which was three, and how you look now. And I said, oh, okay. So she said, but don't get disappointed if it's in the middle of the paper and nobody sees this. And I said, okay. Well, guess what? It was on the front page, and I got a phone call that night. And the first two, they didn't have the answers. And I was getting to think, how many Sheilas did they give up? <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one was Aunt Pat. And I knew it was, I knew it. There was a connection and she had all the answers. Wow. And so I went and met my family and I was, I was, um, had between Eddie and her siblings, 13 aunts and uncles oh, that was a big family <laughs> so i thought that was pretty cool yeah and you ended up getting close to your biological yes. sister out of this in fact we have just been texting today oh cool how great is that oh, she's great, yeah Aunt yeah but that was the cool thing about grandma she didn't feel threatened no right that no, that, she... that you had another family out there that because of them yeah. is why yeah. she was able to have you as a daughter. And I actually am probably one of few people that have two birth certificates and I had instructions on what the 
uh, adopted parents should, in other words, it was 10 key things on there and how I woke up happy, went to bed happy, what I ate. what. So I had instructions. I mean, I was... <laughs> Almost too... like a cabbage patch doll. Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now, so you were born and raised in Cobb County, Georgia. Yes. And I think what's so interesting about your childhood is that you lived in the same house yes. your entire childhood. Yes. But you were redistricted into oh public God. schools how many times I think six times this up? Yeah. first grade second grade third grade fourth grade fifth grade and six never got to go to the same school that every is year. unreal and the reason why is we were living my dad built the house right on the line of the city and the county so if one city uh school district was overloaded they would just restrict us to the next district and <laughs> the next year i got so upset one night I started sleepwalking and talking in my sleep. <laughs> and I was headed out the door, and my mom, thank goodness, was a light sleeper. And she came and got said, where are you going? I'm going to school. She goes, it's <laughs> not time. And if she hadn't woke up, I know where I would have been. Because that particular school was in walking distance, and I oh. had that in my head. Well, I, I thought, you know, since you were asleep, I thought... There's no telling what school you would have ended up at. You know, there's so nope. many to choose from at but the could time. Could you imagine starting a school year off sitting there <laughs> on the seat table? I mean, the steps. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that yeah. seems like something you'd do. Yeah. <laughs> so you ended up taking some vocational classes. Yes. And what did you end up doing for a job? Because all I think of when I think of your yeah. years working in Atlanta, yeah, I just think of you running a softball team. Oh, I know. I love which, that. <laughs> which is which is in my blood because I ended up doing that in college. Yeah. You know, so I was in charge of the intramural sports yeah. on my dormitory floor. Yeah. And then later <laughs> on as the point man for our church softball team. So obviously I got that from you because <laughs> yeah. you were in charge of that. But uh, so you worked uh, in Atlanta for yeah. Tenneco? Ten uh, well, I started with uh, IRS, which okay. I didn't last there but six months. Wait, did you have to call people and tell them to no, pay their no, taxes? No, what no, did you no. do? My dad, when I graduated a year early and had skipped a grade, I was just sitting on the couch and he walked by one day after I'd graduated. He goes, well, don't think you're going to be sitting around. He <laughs> said, you're going to get a job. And I mean, now. So what I did, and this is the truth, I got the newspaper out. I shut my eyes. I put my finger down and it ended up on Key Punch. Key, and back then, I know nobody probably knows what key punch is, but it's a form of computers are, you know, you key in a lot of numbers. Well, I went to my vocational schooling for six weeks and it only cost my dad $20. Mm. And he was so happy. <laughs> so he was willing to pay for it to get you out of the house. Right? Well, to get me a career started. Uh -huh. And it was a career. <laughs> I did a good. I did that. And then I went to Avon and typed in and that's where I key punched the orders in of people that mm. were getting orders of you know of Avon products. You had one of those old school computers right yes. with like the little monitor. Yes and the I big even keyboard. had to make the program with the little and if you made a mistake you had to pull it out and put a little red dot underneath there. I mean it was hard. Ugh. Yeah and then <laughs> I went to Tenneco and that's where my son will remember and that's where okay. I had. Yeah that, that's where my brain picks yeah. up. Yeah. Tenneco and I can softball. understand that yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good very good. Now, what I think you wanted to do for a career, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you wish you could have been a baseball umpire, correct? Yeah, yeah. And in the big leagues, I mean, I wanted to be a professional baseball umpire 
And then I know this is going to sound Wait, which which at the time was unheard of. I know, and now it's a thing. I you know. see female refs. I've and, seen them. Right. Yeah, I've seen I've seen professional uh, women be a coach for a San Francisco baseball team right now. I was born ahead of my time. I really wanted to be a professional, but I wanted to be a professional umpire. And then I got to thinking, God, you got to live out of a suitcase. Yeah, and people yell at you. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> That's true. You, you're always on the road yep. and people can't stand you. Right. <laughs> right. So do you think that if you had been born later in a different time, was that something that you would have realistically pursued? Yes, because I probably would have thought about it more so and gone and tried for it because I wouldn't have had to break the barrier. I'm not good at breaking the barrier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you're just randomly picking baseball umpire out of thin air. You actually did umpire yes, yes. for softball leagues. Yes, and I did good. I and I did get yelled at, but it was something I could I could handle back then, you know, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> did you now I know as a mom you can dish it out and take it. How about as a softball umpire, were you given a lot of grief from opposing teams <laughs> was your gender ever called into question on the diamond um did you ever push back explain to us some memorable moments that you've had okay. as an umpire i have two one that <laughs> comes to mind i'm never late i was there but i just didn't walk out on the field with to hand the softball to the pitcher and he he looked at me he said what are you here for i said oh, no. I, I said i'm the umpire because the other one didn't show up that day i had to umpire both i had to be the umpire oh, yeah and it was Four games in August in Georgia. Wait, Very hot. Hold on. Do you get paid double in that? No. I no know. way. No way is right. What? Yep. Wait. I, so wait. The other guy didn't show up. That was yeah. money they were going to have to spend anyway. Why didn't you get it for having to be in both places? That now was I'm my angry. first question when I walked in the door and called him. I said, who was supposed to be my partner today? They didn't show up. And I said, and where's my double time? Right. I, sh- I did ask. But he and they said, no. I laughed when the guy said, who are you? And I go, I'm your <laughs> umpire and if you want to play you're gonna i'm the only one here and he and i handed him the ball this is the 80s right 80s 90s yeah 80s, 80s. it's 80s yeah about eight, yeah 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 you're yeah right. late 80s yeah and the other thing that jumps out at me is <laughs> it was late and there was no rule about if you had 10 score you know how they stopped the game. Roll yeah limit. and i had to get up the next morning and go to work <laughs> And it was getting to be about 11.20, and I started thinking, they're not going to make this third out if I don't help them. And I, oh, but, no, but no, I didn't help. Didn't. I didn't. I did not <laughs> oh, help them. But let me tell you what. Wait, I, yeah, tell me what happened there. Now it feels like you've rigged a game, Mom. I did not rig a game. Okay. You're going to love this. All right. I was watching for every little thing, and finally, this biggest guy on the other team that was up to bat, he stepped out, and he, you cannot make contact with the ball when you're in the full swing. You have to stay in the batter's yeah. box. He stepped out and made contact. I went, you're out. Uh-oh. He goes, for what? And I explained it to him. Well, he, that was the third out. So we're walking. He walks with me all the way to my car. Like creepy following you or something? No, he just oh, okay. kept talking, and he looked down, and he said, you're not even scared of me, are you? And I said, no. <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> he said, well, I just was... He was, he was No, he was trying to intimidate me. Mm. And I said, no, I'm not um, scared of you at all. I said, I wouldn't umpire and do this job if I was scared of 
the guys or the girls that I'm umpiring against. He said, well, that was a good call, but I didn't know I'd done that. But I said, well, you did. And he said, okay. Mm. But they were tired, too. Yeah. They were just dragging. Tell me, though. You had your, your, your thumb on the mace uh, at the moment, <laughs> didn't you? No, no? I was okay. pretty safe back in the 80s, okay. believe it or not. <laughs> no. So what you do now is you're a pet sitter. I think that's – I think one of the – traits I got from both you and my dad was a love for animals. Yeah. And you get paid to take care of them. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, that's the way that you don't have the responsibility now, or I don't, for having a pet and getting too emotionally attached. I can go to other people's house and I enjoy the heck out of that and get to love all over their animals. And then when I leave, it's kind of like <laughs> grandchildren. Like, exactly. <laughs> Just like my kids. You come yeah. over, you spoil them, and then you head back home. And I go, yeah. okay, bye. <laughs> I've done ya. my spoiling. Exactly, exactly. So you have three grandkids uh-huh. and they're ages 12 to 17. They're uh-huh. the greatest kids in the world, yes, obviously. They are. Except for one other person. Your son, you have one child. His name is Keith. Yes. He's probably the greatest kid ever. Ever. If, right? If, ever. Uh, I've heard great things about him. <laughs> so you're currently married now to yes. my stepdad, yes. Randy. Yes. He's from Nebraska. Yes. And that's where I get my Nebraska connection. Yeah. Whereas I grew up without loyalty to a football team, a college football team. And he is from Nebraska. So I started kind of following them uh, in the early 90s, and I kind of got on that train at the right time because I ended up going to the University of Nebraska, and of course they won three national titles and only lost two games over my four years attending classes there. So, um, but but the way I got to Nebraska wasn't just because Randy was from there and loved right. it, it's because you guys actually moved out to the Panhandle exactly. when I was in high school. Yes, and Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. It's a yes. beautiful corner of the world, the Nebraska panhandle that everyone should visit it. See. Mm-hmm. Don't stay there though. Don't stop in, because <laughs> we just want you to enjoy it and, and how it, keep it rural. You know, yeah. keep it nice and wide open. But that is truly a beautiful part of the country, especially where you guys live. Did you enjoy growing up in the hot and humid south? more or did you enjoy living way out in the wilderness of western nebraska 20 miles from the wyoming border which which would you choose if you could uh out in nebraska and i'll tell you why one thing when i left georgia i did not realize you could live somewhere that didn't have mosquitoes in your face gnats yeah roaches i'm sorry i love all the places which you'll find out how many I've moved to yeah. since. So let's trace this here. Yeah. You were born and raised in Atlanta. Okay. And so just like me, you just grew up right there in Metro exactly. Atlanta. Exactly. Then you had me, you lived in Cobb County. Yeah. Eventually, though, you went to Nebraska. Yes. Western Nebraska. For five years. For five years. Then you guys moved to the desert of Phoenix, Arizona. And lived in Fountain Hills, Arizona, which was beautiful. <laughs> it's funny you say that. There's a road through Fountain Hills that is lined with palm trees. Yes. And you see four snow-covered mountains in the background. Yes. That road is the living embodiment of the game pole position where you're driving on a track lined with palm trees and you see mountains. Anyway, it it, it was a beautiful place. You always live in beautiful places. I know. Because from there, you went to southern Utah. Yes. And lived among these red towering cliffs yes how do you guys find the most 
pristine uh, geographical places. And that's not by chance. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, he knew where he wanted to start looking for different places to live. Nebraska just fell in his lap, and so we moved there. But Fountain Hills, he actually did research on that. And in St. George, he did research on that because he said that's the up-and-coming retirement. And now we're finally at Texas, where we love and we have the family, and I am so happy. Yeah, it probably makes it more enjoyable having the grandkids here so you can come over and spoil them whenever you want to. Yeah, because family, <laughs> there's nothing like family. Yeah. I mean, living in Utah was nice, but gosh, living near your family, it's nothing like it. Right, right. So my love of music probably comes from you guys. I always played it when I was growing up. You into oldies. Yeah, because you listened to Fox 97 in Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't. I used to listen to that with you. I love yeah. that station. That was a good uh, good times, great oldies, Fox 97. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of Fox 97, yeah. the oldie station there in Atlanta, which is not there anymore. Okay. I believe I was in sixth grade, and I believe I was getting ready for school one morning, and you were on with... <sighs> Randy and Spiff, the DJs, playing a game. And if you won this game, you would have won a trip to be on the Wheel of Fortune yes. with Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Yes. And you were just needing to solve a puzzle. Yes. And I believe you were, I don't know, one or two letters away, right? Because what they did is they yes. gave you how many spaces. It was like playing Hangman. Yes. And so you scratch it out on a piece of paper and you guess letters and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and 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 I remember because I'm listening to the radio and I'm on delay in the other room. You're on the phone in the kitchen, and I hear you guessing letters yes. and stuff. And I remember you being very upset, right? You're like, "Oh no, I knew that!" And right. then you then you yelled out the word pumpernickel. Yes. And I could tell it didn't end well, but remember, I'm on delay in the other room, and I oh. have to sit there and wait for the tragic <laughs> moment to come over the airwaves. Tell us what happened. Oh, I could just kick myself. But anyway, I don't work well under pressure. <laughs> okay. And when they were saying, call a letter, it was your turn, I called the letter. Well, finally, it was getting close to, I could tell, to the end, and the more anticipation, the more nervous I got, and... Like how, so it was just the one word. It wasn't like a whole no, phrase. No, it's just the it pumpernickel. pumpernickel. Now, yeah. how many letters were spaces? That were I don't left? remember. Just a few, I, I just remember a few, because I remember looking at your crumpled up envelope laying there on the floor <laughs> when it was done. I think it was just a couple of spots left. Anyway, once I messed up, I, I called, instead of the, the letter P, I called for the letter F. If you miss, it goes to the next person. Oh. And so when it went to the next person, I went, I know it. And she got it. Oh. And then did, did, Keith was nice enough not to say he went into school then that morning and the teacher had it on the board. That's right. Oh, I remember, yes. I remember every detail of that day. <laughs> I forgot. That's torturous. Yes, torturous. yes, wow. yes. But that's okay. I mean, I've tried out for Wheel of Fortune before as well. Yeah. They came to Omaha when I was going to school in Lincoln. Yeah. An hour drive from the college. And I think it was for college week or something. Hey, oh. you know, come up to this hotel and yeah. we're doing tryouts in this, um, you know, banquet room or whatever. And I recall standing there as one of the three contestants, yeah. you know, and, and everybody, you, you got up there for about two minutes each and they would cycle the next person and they'd be done with you the next person and so on. Yeah. We'll call you, don't call us, right? Yeah. So I remember getting up there and spinning the wheel 
and just oh, saying something like, you know, is there an M? Oh, yeah, there's no M or whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, I only realized as I was walking down off that stage because I was one of the real early ones. Yeah. I realized I was not nearly over the top enough yeah. at all. You've got to be annoyingly loud yep. and which I can handle that but over the top with your excitement and it should have gone like this instead of is there an M I should have been like alright uh, is there an M yeah. you know you gotta be so annoying to, to be accepted at these tryouts so I miss my chance as well if it makes you feel any better well when we were in Fountain Hills that we were it was a big casino behind us yeah and Wheel of Fortune again was over there and I could not believe it. I did not realize what I was getting into. I walked in, and, and, and I'm not good at being random picked, but I did. I had a number. I had my the number they were calling. I went up on the stage with everybody, but it wasn't like they were just asking me different stuff. Well, like he said, I wasn't over the top enough, mm-hmm. you know? And they said, oh, okay. so if i ever ever get a chance to do anything like that remotely or anything i am gonna be over the top so Mm -hmm. much that they're gonna go whoa (laughs) we can't get rid of her so we might as well pick her yeah i mean that's the key right yeah i mean you're a game show fiend you love game shows they're always on um you you want to be on one and you got so close once. You went out to California. Yes. You were the last contestant called up to bid on stuff, right? Oh, no, no. I didn't get that far. Oh, really? I was in line, and I saw... I I, I had a great... You know how they ask you questions in line? This was way before the. it's so strict now. And I saw him write my name down. I know he did. And he kept staring at me because that was when Randy and I were in line. They went to Randy... And asked a couple of questions. He goes, well, something. in other words, Randy said, I am their biggest fan. And then I saw the guy that had wrote down, and I know he wrote my name down, but Randy says, oh, you're just looking for that. <laughs> I said, no, he did. And then I saw him when I, I went, I made a face. I, I'm bad at that. I went, because they, they were talking to Randy about picking him. And I go, oh. and when I, <laughs> I made a face like, oh, you're kidding. I saw him scratch me out, and I—that's oh. right. And I—I'm not kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. You and I both do that, where it's like I wear my yeah. emotions, emotions yeah, on my sleeve. Yeah. And you know, if you're gonna make a face, you're gonna make a face. Sorry, yeah. that's me. Yeah. So you've had a few run-ins with celebrities. Yes. Don Knotts and Tim Conway. You were in a movie with them. It was called The Prize Fight. Yeah. Where Tim Conway is a boxer and yeah. Don Knotts is his basically trainer right yes and it's a comedy yes and it's fun yeah it holds up well yeah i think it came out around 1980 or so yeah and you were an extra in that movie yes and it was the very last scene yes and so (laughs) at the very end the crowd swarms the boxing ring yes and there's my mom frozen in time as the credits roll on the screen exactly there i was in between the two stars of the movie (laughs) as the credits rolled over my face (laughs) (laughs) that's right you said they did a lot of takes of that last scene they did 12 takes of that and i got and i had a ways to come from the audience to get up there i mean it was one of those where you rush and it was no set thing you just keep rushing well I rushed and I made the same path the whole time on all 12. So the 
people they had paired me up with, two guys and a girl, they were looking. They said, Sheila, you're going to be in this movie. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you been... kept exactly. pushing your way to the front? And you were right there every time, the same spot. And I never even thought about it. It was mm. just in my mind. I just had a route. I went. And I said, oh, you think? And they said, oh, yeah. So... When it came out, I took Keith and Steve there, and we sat and watched this movie. And Keith was in my arms, and he was about two, maybe three. And he started going, ah, mama. And I said, no, I'm right here. <laughs> I actually, you know what? I do remember that moment in the yep. theater being mm-hmm. terrified, almost like, how is my mom frozen in time <laughs> on this screen? Yeah. And I, but yeah, I knew you were right there, obviously. Yeah. But I do actually remember that 1979 the movie came out. Yeah, so that's about two about, or three. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I do recall that moment. But congratulations, you were and that they shot that movie or that scene yeah. at the Omni in Atlanta, right, where the Hawks played or something, right? No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that good oh. of a neighborhood. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so where did they shoot that? scene? It was an uh, older place where people did box in real life oh. and uh only reason why i even knew about this is because tree my boss is clarence old tree and he told me about it he says ah you like stuff like this you should go <laughs> and so i i mapped out this is before gps and i figured out how to get there and my mom was so sweet she had made me uh, a roaring 20s outfit to wear there yeah because you had that's right uh-huh. the, the, the the movie is set in the 20s yes yes so you had to look the part and yes. bring your own costume yeah right? and i wore it there and I was nervous, so I prayed all the way there. I said, oh, please have somebody that I don't get lost and I'm not, you know, don't get attacked or anything. And I opened my door and I promise you, the first person I ran into as they opened their door was this little girl. I mean, I have to say little because she was like four foot ten. And I told her, I said, oh, are you by yourself? And she said, yeah. I said, can I walk with you? And she said, oh, you can stay with me all day because I know judo and I know karate. And I said, okay. (laughs) So so we got lucky. We got paired up with two guys that were gentlemen and we walked in together like we were a couple going to the fight and we sat down and we're on this row Mm. and he brought a camera and he said, I dare you. If you go up there and touch Don Knotts, and he turns around. I take a picture. I'll I'll mail it to you. And and they lived in, this guy lived in Alaska. And I went, what are the odds him really mailing it to me? Well, I touched him. He turned around and gave me the stink eye. But I got it. I got the picture. And and that guy did mail me the picture. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. So Don Knotts gave you the stink eye, but you said Tim Conway was really great to the the extras, right? It was fun. Did they pay you for that or is it just for the fun of it? It was fun of it. Yeah. Very cool. You've also met, in fact, lived as a neighbor to Don Blassingame, a famous (sighs) pitcher, right? Yeah. Well, that and a baseball player, professional baseball player. Well, that's what I said. Well, wait a minute. Let me tell you. Uh Oh, what did I mess up? Well, for two years, (laughs) we sat at the dog park and talked and talked. And I mean, with everybody. I mean, it was not just him. There was a bunch of people. We all got there about the same time every day around three fifteen, and, and I all oh, the retired life. <laughs> and I I was mentioning something that I said I have a bucket list, but there's a couple of things I'll never be able to do, and one of them was just meet or talk to a professional baseball player. Well, he looked at me and he, goes, and he had no idea. I, that I had you no were, idea. He thought you were kidding around, huh? Well, yeah. And I he looked at me. He said, "Don't you know what I did for a living?" I go, "No." I mean, there's no reason why I should know. He said, well, 
I was a baseball player. I went, no. And I said, there, I can mark it off my bucket list. So I went home. You're going to like this. I went home and I looked him up. And he started his career in 1955. I came back the next day and I said, you started your career when I was born. He said, oh, that's what he said. Well, thanks a lot, Sheila. (laughs) You could have left that out. (laughs) Right. So uh, I'm just looking him up here. I mean, he bat 258. You know, he's... uh... He was good. He was an all-star? Yeah. Look at that. He's from Mississippi, huh? Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Played for the Cardinals, the Giants, the Reds. But his son, one of his kids, lives in Marietta, Georgia. Now, what a small world. What a small world. No kidding. You were also in a commercial in Phoenix when you lived there with the basketball great Steve Nash. Yes, sir. He... uh, what did he do? He was doing, like, helping people cross the road, right? Well, yeah. What it was is it was his first year playing with... The Phoenix Suns? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this older lady was a an actress. Well, he was helping her across the street. I was picked with this other guy to walk across. Well, I'm not good with bright lights, and I always look to make sure a car's not coming to hit me. Well, cut! It was me. They stopped the whole production and said, you weren't supposed to turn, and you were just supposed to keep walking and just have your hair in the back. <laughs> so wait a minute. So they had closed the road for yes, this commercial. Yes, And you were supposed to just walk through the crosswalk <laughs> on your merry way, but it being a road and you being safety conscious <laughs> And stopped. I saw this big bright light. Yeah, and, and you're thought, like, oh. you know what? I should probably look before I cross the road. Yes. And they had to stop because of you. And when I heard cut, I went, oh, no, I bet they're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> But you got to do the commercial. But a different way. They took me out of that scene what? and it made me just go something that I couldn't mess up. Oh. So oh. whatever. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. But but I saw Steve Nash's awesome car, but I can't tell you what kind it was, but it was awesome. You just know it was awesome. <laughs> All right. It just was a nice, shiny car. Yeah. It wasn't a Lamborghini, but it was a close one. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Tell us about your dad who adopted you that I never got to meet. He sounds awesome. Oh, he was. And you know what? It's I'm serious. You and my dad are a lot alike. You know how you always took your took turns taking one of your kids out, especially in New Jersey for. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, the way I did this is every Saturday morning. Yeah. And this see this changes when your kids have activities. Then you find yourself driving all over the metro area to their sporting events. Exactly. But when they're young enough, there were f- typically four Saturdays in every yeah. month. Mm-hmm. And so three of the four Saturdays, yeah. I would take each kid individually yep. because that's the thing is yeah. you never get really one-on-one time with your kids. See, right. for us, yeah. you and I, it was easier because I'm an only child. Yeah. But when I have three kids, you know, we're always having to do something together. So what I would make a point to do, we'd just call it like, you know, a daddy date. Yeah. We would go to either, you know, McDonald's or, yeah. or wherever, shopping. I don't know, just me and yep. one kid each yeah. Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're referring to. Yeah, because that's how my dad did me. Of course, I was the only one because my brother was four years older and he was never around. So <laughs> my dad took me skating one time. Take me to the fair, mm. take me bowling, take me one time after I begged, begged, begged to a professional baseball game. That's why <laughs> Keith never, he can say I took him because I. Oh, yeah. There were times where some of the smallest crowds ever recorded yes. <laughs> in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium history for the Braves. You yep. and I were there. Yes, right. And we'd always go, couldn't wait for opening day. Opening day every time. And 
another thing is one of the opening days, the good news is I had layers of clothes on because it was cold. And they used to have these picnic areas along yes. the foul lines. Companies would rent it out. Your yes. company was there that night, this little picnic area, and it, was, <laughs> it butted up against the Braves bullpen. Oh, good. You do remember oh, yeah. this. So I, I would, I, I, I remember I called you over to <laughs> yes. come and watch the pitchers warming up. Yeah. And, it, and walked wh- over there. And I, when I, as soon as I turned and walked over there, I felt something and I thought, oh my God, I got shot. So I went like this to, to look, look for, for blood, blood right. and there was no blood. And I went, uh, there was a ball down there. That ball hit me and it hurt. Uh-huh. But I didn't say it out loud. And these people rushed down that worked there. Oh, you got to come with us. Uh-huh. And they took me in this room and they was, well, you need to go and get an x-ray at the hospital. I go, I'm not leaving the game. You got a game to watch. Well, the good news is I'm glad I stayed there for to watch it because an hour and a half, finally, my arm started tingling mm. and I was able to lift it up. And would you believe, since I had so many layers on, not one bruise or anything. And there you have, and you got to keep the ball. Oh, definitely, because yeah. nobody was around to grab it. Exactly. <laughs> it, well, yeah, because this was before the game started. Yeah. This was during batting practice. Yep. This is long before the concept of putting up netting exactly. had entered the Major League Baseball yep. realm. They don't even have places that close to the field anymore, really, to for the spectators to be. <laughs> but I remember while everyone was tending to you to, to, to see how you were doing, I remember looking back toward the home plate area where batting practice was happening. Yeah. Keith Hernandez. Uh-huh. Keith Hernandez yes. hit my mom with a line drive during <laughs> batting practice. How dare he? <laughs> and never came over to apologize. Never came over to apologize, right. Uh, Keith didn't know. Um, Keith will, uh, doesn't remember this. Wait, I'm which sure. Keith are we talking about? Me you. or Keith Hernandez? Okay. I'm sorry. My son <laughs> doesn't remember this. He, he did say, which he did remember, that we were in the picnic area. But since there wasn't that many people and we were early and when the game started, he had a they had given us buckets of chicken or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was you on remember? TV. Yeah, he was on TV. Eating some Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I, everybody yeah. talked. You know how like Pumpernickel was written on the board <laughs> when I went to class that next day after your Wheel of Fortune fail. Yes. Everybody had seen me on oh, the that TV is so cool. uh, because they put- because they they <laughs> drumstick. You know how, yeah, it's a TBS used to yeah. show a. a a clip right before they would go to the commercial break. Exactly. And I was apparently on TV eating fried chicken <laughs> while they flashed the Brave score going into commercial. Life so, is good. I love this this answer to this question. This is what I would answer if I had to interview myself. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? And the and the, oh. the answer is gamble, <laughs> but then it's not gambling if you know that you can't fail. That's a sure thing. But that's my answer. <laughs> but is that where I get my gambling bug from you? You? Yeah. Oh, did I get passed it on to Zeely too? <laughs> she likes blackjack. This is breaking news. <laughs> I know. My twelve-year-old daughter is a gambler. I never knew she would like it. I didn't know that this was even a thing until this moment. Now I feel like an intervention is necessary. <laughs> she loves it. Oh my! Goodness. But we just play for fun. We don't have any money in yeah. there or anything. But we live an hour from a casino, so I need to keep an eye on her. I've always lived near a casino. Yeah, yeah, I have. Now that you mention it, let's see, there was (laughs) the ski. When you lived in Utah, yeah, you could drive a short distance, forty minutes. Yep. When you lived in Phoenix, you were right next to that. Yeah, like ten, fifteen minutes away. The reservation where they have a casino. Yep. Now you live an hour from one up in Oklahoma. Yep. 
<laughs> My goodness, it's all becoming clear now. So the moral of the story, some of those beautiful places on Earth are near casinos. We just figured That's that right. out. We figured that out. It's yeah. Amazing. This is interesting. Uh, you mentioned how you enjoyed, because uh, the question is, when was the last time you tried something new for the first time? It was a hot air balloon, right? Yeah. One of your anniversaries yeah. with Randy yes. over in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Exactly. And you know why I picked that place? Mm. There is no wires or anything around. It's yeah. really open. Uh, that's, that is something I want to do big time. When we lived in New Jersey, I didn't realize this before we lived there. We lived out in Western Jersey. Yeah. Which, believe it or not, is an open space. Which, when I tell people what I'm about to tell you, they cannot believe this. But it's absolutely the truth. Of all the places we've lived, we've lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. We've lived in Metro Atlanta. We've lived down near Houston and Houston. We've lived in Omaha, Nebraska. We've lived in Charleston, South Carolina, outside the city. We've lived up in western New Jersey when, when we lived when I worked in New York. And now we live here on the far, far reaches of Metro Dallas-Fort Worth. And nobody can believe it when I tell them the most beautiful night sky was in western New Jersey. Okay. You can see so many stars, even though you're an hour from the city of New York. (laughs) Oh, wow. It is so beautiful out there. It's a long way to say that it's just wide open out there and... Yeah, hot air balloons are flying every weekend. You go to the store, you see hot air balloons up in the sky, uh, and yeah. they would land right near our house in this little field that wasn't even a field. Oh, it was literally that. like an acre lot, and I guess it was just a common thing that hot air balloonists wow. would use to to land in there. So, of all of your places that you've lived, Atlanta, yeah, Nebraska Panhandle. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona, St. George, Utah, and now Dallas, Texas. Yeah. What's been your favorite then? Ooh, all of them. I'm serious. I find something in every one of them. The one in uh, Nebraska, we were out in the Wildcats, and I would sit, and this is no lie, every Sunday afternoon, look out the sky with my kitty cat looking out the door, (laughs) and we would see beautiful different birds that fly through, and they'd always come and eat on their way to wherever they were going, and then we'd see the turkeys with their little babies. I don't know what they're called, but they were really cute. And we'd see deers. And this time, there was a mama deer and two two uh, fawns, and she fell asleep. And they wandered off. Oh, no. And when she woke up, she didn't wait for them. She left. And when they came back, I looked at Randy, and I said, I think we're going to have to go out there and raise these two by ourselves. And... I mean, a good 30, 40 minutes went by, and she finally was walking down the road, and they saw them. They were running toward her, and I wish that I had that on camera because it looked like two kids running to their parents that they hadn't seen from, like, being off at war or something. Wow. <laughs> and also, when we lived in Nebraska, the comet went by, and we could see. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was hail Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys had the perfect exactly. window. I was there. Oh. When it came by, it was there for a little while. But when I happened to visit you when it was, that was a very cool view. Because the thing about Nebraska, if you get just a little bit of elevation, mm-hmm. you can see forever on the horizon. Mm-hmm. That was a great experience seeing that comet come oh, by. Oh, yeah. Do you remember what we did? Uh, you and I drove up on top of uh, <laughs> Scott's Bluff. Yeah. Just yeah. To, and we could get... That's the thing. I know what you're going to say. WSB. Yes. Yeah. So 
This is the fun thing about we're so far out. Yeah. In this case, Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Yeah. Turn on the radio. You always try to see if you can pick up yep. WSB radio, AM yep. 750 out of Atlanta that yep. we grew up listening to. And sure enough, there it was. Uh, because for the longest time, part of their identity was heard in 37 states or something like that. Yeah. And here we were, the far reaches of Nebraska, hearing WSB, Kirk Mellish doing a weather report in Atlanta. And then also, you used to pick me up at the Las Vegas airport, and we'd drive to your house in Utah. And sure <laughs> enough, just outside of Vegas, AM 1110, KFAB out of Omaha. I've heard that one out in the desert as well out there. I love checking out these radio stations to see if you can hear them that far <laughs> away. It's just, it's fun. <clears throat> the first time that Carrie got to visit with and the kids to Utah, um, she, this is just a cute story. I picked her up at the airport and we, there's a back road to our house out there and we saw a coyote and we thought that was pretty cool. We will go just a little further and there was a road runner and uh, the kids just died laughing. <laughs> they thought, oh, this is just like watching a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was and awesome. this was in Phoenix, right? No, this was in Utah. Oh, wow. The back roads. <laughs> and uh, we'll never forget that. That's cool. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered? You don't really do social media, so no. there's no place people to find you there. So I guess um, I guess is where we just say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I, this is so unusual. It's like I don't know how to wrap this up because normally people say, yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> or blah, blah, blah. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you making time and, and uh, joining me here. I actually learned stuff too today that I didn't know I was even going to learn. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that my 12-year-old daughter is a gambling <laughs> addict, and her nanny, you, are an enabler. So well, thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyhow, thank you so much, Mom. This has been great. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. Love you. Love you, too. <laughs> I had a great time sitting down with my mom for this episode of At The Mic. However, um... I do need to look into the effect she has had on my youngest child's um, gambling propensities. That was breaking news to me. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of At The Mic. I'm so grateful that you made time. Please do get over to atthemicshow.com. Everything you need is there. Uh, archives of past shows. Um, if you're so inclined, feel free to donate to the show. I would really appreciate um, you rating and reviewing this uh, wherever possible. And tell your friends. That's how the show is going to grow. So until next time, thank you so much for making time for At The Mic. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect. <laughs>